Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for us to bring on one of our favorite media folks in this entire market, the great Dave Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. He joins us now, brought to you by Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great, y'all. How are you? Man, we're doing really well. Uh, I, and I want to start off with you in a non-Cowboy topic. I think I saw you tweeting about this. I, I saw this on Twitter. It says, Baker Mayfield refused to shake hands with 49ers players prior to the kickoff last night. Richard Sherman was not happy about it. And I just saw footage of the handshake between the captains all shaking hands. And he was shaking hands with some 49ers, but I, it was hard to see if, if he snubbed Sherman or if Sherman snubbed him but Sherman was very upset about it and after the game Sherman said what's amazing and annoying was him not shaking hands at the beginning that's some college s it's ridiculous we're all trying to get psyched up but shaking hands with your opponent that's NFL etiquette and when you pull Bush League uh, stuff like that that's disrespectful to the game and I believe and believe me that's going to get us fired up then Sherman goes out and he gets an early interception so what do you make of handshake gate uh, I mean, honestly, I just love it when NFL players have the guts to talk trash. Um, I don't really care one way or the other. I like, I like Baker Mayfield. I love Richard Sherman. Um, like I said, I didn't even see the beginning of the game. Like I missed that whole thing, and I literally just read that like ten minutes ago before I came down here to do uh, this radio hit. Um, so honestly, so what? I mean, if you're telling me Baker shook a couple hands and didn't shake Sherman's hand, I mean. Maybe he's being Bush League. Maybe Sherman is using his own uh, psychological tricks to get himself fired up because you know pro athletes love to do stuff like that. Like if they can do anything to get even a perceived sort of edge to help them out, they will do it. Um, you know, people talk about Michael Jordan being legendary for that. So uh, I don't know. I, I like Baker because he's he's willing to be himself. I like Richard Sherman for the same reason. So I don't really come down on one side of it. I just love it when pro athletes have the guts to be interesting, and that's very interesting. I like the way you said that, have the guts to be interesting. I love it when they're also willing to not be liked. Now, I don't mean that in a way where, like, you're a dirty player and you do mean-spirited stuff, but the whole idea of, um, I don't know, almost like a, a wrestling vibe. Where you're going to be willing, to, you know, the best. Yeah, you got to have you got to have heels in this world, right? Yes. I mean, you just have to. Uh, and I'm I'm totally with you. Like my my friends and coworkers kind of give me a hard time because, you know, and I I don't mean to single anybody out, like you know, throw shade, but like you know, somebody like a, a Drew Brees or even honestly even even Dak is like, if you try too hard to please everybody, I kind of go the other way, you know, and that's why right. like. I'm drawn to somebody like Baker Mayfield, not because he's the best quarterback in the league or not even because I necessarily agree with everything that he says or does, but I just think it's more interesting when you're willing to speak your mind and, and yeah, like kind of make peace with the fact that not everybody's going to like you. All right. Talking to Dave Hellman, DallasCowboys.com. Let's get into some Cowboys chatter. Where are you with dissecting what is wrong with the Cowboys defense? Where am I? Um, I mean – dissecting it they're they're not they're not good against the run or at least they sure as hell weren't on Sunday um where where am I like in terms of I mean I think like like with your with do you think it's the defensive tackles do you think it's the linebackers do you think it's poor technique do you think it's a predictable scheme what the hell is wrong 
I I definitely don't think it's a predictable scheme because it's the same scheme that we've I mean, you know, it, it has its ups and downs and I know, you know, people are well aware like I think Rod Marinelli's 2 and 15 or 2 and 17 against Aaron Rodgers, but uh it's the same defense that we saw be so wildly successful against the run for most of last year. I do know how the season ended in LA, but uh it's worked way more often than it hasn't. Uh, I think the de- the defensive tackles played a bad game on um on Sunday and then you know what how many times have we talked about whether or not you're worried about the linebackers when I've come on this show like it's been a pretty regular topic of conversation all season long you know they were winning games against bad teams uh beforehand but when you play really poorly and get run all over by a Packers team and and lose by double digits at home it's it's way more concerning I definitely don't think they played up to snuff considering their talent level and considering how good they were last year. Um, I think just all in all, I think the whole front seven just kind of got bullied. Yeah, bullied is is interesting. I, part of it too is, you know, I was I was kicking around this idea. We were really spoiled by Sean Lee because of not only his excellence, but his just knowledge. And so when you know what's going to happen or you have a feel about what's going to happen, guess what? You're in a position to make plays. As I go back and look at some of these quote-unquote missed tackles, a lot of them you're just a, a hair late. you know. And, on, and some of these guys, the way you make them miss, the way they can make you miss, if you're a hair late, you ain't bringing them down. And so I feel like we're kind of going through a little bit of a growth period for the linebackers. Now, that's not meant to be an excuse. you know. They're on the field. They're culpable. They're supposed to be making the plays. But as I look at the problems the Cowboys have had, I see their linebacking play as an area where they can get way better, and I anticipate it getting better. I agree. And that, yeah, I mean, they look bad. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a season-long trend. Uh, I would even go, you know, the first three weeks you were even saying, like, we're not seeing those instinctive plays uh, from Leighton Vander Esch that we got so used to seeing last year that made him an all-pro and and made us think that he was going to, seamlessly kind of be the new Sean Lee of this defense I know you know you saw a couple against the Saints uh you know the the third and one tackle on the sweep to Kamara in the second half um what was huge it looked exactly like what we got used to seeing last year you haven't seen enough of that I think him and Jalen both it seems like uh they've they've been guessing and they've been guessing wrong it seems like their instincts have been off their angles have been off Uh, I don't think it's, you know, it's not something they can't fix, whether you want to call it rust, whether you want to call it a sophomore slump, whether you want to call it uh, offenses having a better idea of how to play them. I don't have a clear answer for that. I do think it's something they can improve on because we've seen them do it in the past. So you're you're a rational guy. We love your takes for that reason. You're well thought out. Uh, Your takes are well thought out. And so is there anything right now that legitimately has piqued your concern? I'm, I'm like all of it, all of everything we just said piques my mm-hmm. concern. I mean, geez, like, you know, the, the I, I keep saying it, the fact that they were able to do such a good job against Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, 89 total yards of offense, which is pretty good against one of the best running backs in the league uh, to turn around and give up 107 and then another 75 receiving yards to Aaron Jones, who is a he's a good player, but he's not Alvin Kamara. And you know, I know that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, and that changes the way they that you play that matchup. But it just it looked rough. So yeah, I mean, it, it's concerning. Um, in the long term, I, I think you look at at the run defense. I think you look at the kicking game. It's hard not to be concerned about Brett Maher after 
you know, it's not just that he missed from 33 yards, but we saw that trend all the way through training camp. It was a constant topic of conversation. So that's concerning. Um, and then I think the Cowboys, they have to find a way to clean up their, their penalties. Cause I actually looked this up this morning. Uh, their offense has been penalized 19 times in five games and they've had at least three holding calls in four of the five games and some of that's on special teams but a lot of it is on offensive linemen obviously Tavon Austin had a huge one in that Packer game and you can quibble over you know whether or not it's justified but the flags got thrown and three per game I mean that's 30 yards you're talking about some pretty huge gains getting negated too so they that's something they absolutely have to clean up and it's definitely fair to call it a trend here's a made-up stat that I will not take the time to back up or support but 65% 65% of all punts that are returned have a holding call on them. Hmm. Why do we even fart around with this anymore? Yeah. If it's not a fair catch, somebody's getting held. It sure seems that way. And, and, I mean, you know, for that matter, I guess the Cowboys saw something they liked on film against Green Bay's kickoff team. And it's fun to see Tony Pollard get a chance to run, but he wouldn't call any of his returns overly helpful. And, you know, with – I again another made up stat like 95% of kickoffs go out of the end zone like let's how long till we can just get rid of that play altogether because it just feels kind of pointless these days uh, especially on the punts like possession matters like unless I have Tariq Cohen or you know Darren Sproles in his prime I really I really don't understand why you just don't catch it every time fair catch how it. many punts do you see that like a, a punt is short and then it bounces and goes 15 yards it's like just come up and catch it that is your job as punt returner. You're going to catch your it. Only job. You're going to catch it. You're going to return it four yards, and then the holding is going to mean you lose an extra six. From See, yeah, you that's would've... the annoying thing. Is like Tavon Austin. Obviously, he's got some juice, and we've seen him put together some nice returns before. Uh, he had a pretty decent one the other day, but yeah, like the risk of a of a penalty, it seems high enough to make you wonder if it's even worth the trouble. Can I ask you a quick question? I know Saturday night you got a big one, LSU mm, sure and do. Florida. Yeah. Um, a, are you nervous about that game? And B, Dan Mullen, future Dallas Cowboys coaching candidate. Wow. That, what do you think about that conspiracy theory? Um, I know you might not even be allowed to speak on that. Jeez, I, I mean, that's so far off my radar. Right? Uh, I mean... Shoot, yeah, don't get me in trouble, but I mean, damn, if obviously anybody with a pulse has heard the name Lincoln Riley connected to the Cowboys, if you if Lincoln Riley could do it, I guess you could talk about Dan Mullen. The thing with Dan Mullen is like he's so entrenched as this successful college coach. Like he took Mississippi State to highs that nobody thought they could get to. Uh obviously, you know, Florida is such a perfect fit for him. I I wonder if after all this time he would be interested in a pro job. Um, I really I I've never considered it. I actually, um, you know, before Ed Orgeron got hired by LSU, I was interested in LSU going after him because I do think he's a hell of a coach. Um, I hadn't given it much thought in regard to the Cowboys, but who? I mean, if it comes to that, I guess you can't rule anything out, especially when you consider. Yeah, I'm think I'm processing all of this out loud <laughs> on the radio. Like, obviously, uh, the quarterback in Dallas has a pretty significant link to Dan Mullen. So, damn, KT, that's that's really interesting. I have no idea. Um, he's having fun. I do think, uh, you know, he's a hell of a coach, and he's had LSU's number recently. But at games at home at night, 
uh, with the way Joe Burrow's playing, I think I think the Tigers should be okay. I hope. Hey, brother, we uh, we always appreciate these visits. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes. Dave Hellman, DallasCowboys.com, brought to you by Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. By the way, there's there's more uh, Richard Sherman quotes uh, uh, about ah. the snubbing, all right? Okay. He says, uh, he, he's talking about Baker Mayfield. He says Baker Mayfield re- refused to shake his hand. I saw Baker Mayfield shaking some 49ers' hands. So maybe it was a personal stub with them too. But Sherman said, respect the game. You can have rivals, but your respect, but pay your respect in that moment, especially when you're young. He hasn't earned anything in this league. How many games has he won? He's acting like he was the MVP last year. If Mahomes did it, it would be one thing, but he would never do that because he has too much respect for the game. And when you see a guy who doesn't, you humble him every chance you get. Because eventually, he will have respect for the league or he'll be out of it. Okay, that's a great quote, but all of this plays into what Baker wants. That's a great quote, and I agree with everything Richard Sherman's saying. Do you guys, I mean, everything that Baker Mayfield has done has come into question of whether or not he has respect and is he going to fall in line and all those kinds of things. Every action he's taken has put him in those crosshairs. He really is like a wrestling villain. That's how he gets down. That's how he operates. There is, people are uh, tweeting out uh, Baker Mayfield against Kansas. He goes to shake their hands in the pregame coin flip, and they won't shake his hands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and the game where he was hand. grabbing his junk. Yeah. Dude, he is. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The quintessential guy that everyone wants to make him pay. He's that guy. And he's going to be that guy his whole career. He's he's, he's committed to being true to that person. He's committed to being that. All right, listen to this, guys. Coming up next, there is an announcement that was made that just made Thursday night football more watchable than you could ever imagine. How into this are you? We'll get into that next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This just popped up on my Twitter timeline, courtesy of one Sean Sheriff. Shan Sheriff? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Fox Sports PR, Gronk alert, three-time Super Bowl champ Rob Gronkowski joins Fox Sports as an NFL analyst and makes his network debut on Thursday night football as the Patriots host the Giants. What are they going to do? They're going to put him in a Speedo and he's going to wear deer antlers and run around and do bits. All right, so I don't know. know, I'm certainly intrigued to see how this goes. Mm Mm-hmm. This but is, I can't imagine it'll be consistently good, right? No. This this feels this feels like it'll be a lot like Saragusa. Yeah. Like they're gonna figure out they may put him in the bookmobile, that he may parachute in. I think he's more entertaining when you've had four or five fireball shots. But <laughs> if him. you're sober and you're just watching him and he's sober, 
It's almost like, man, he doesn't want to be there and you don't want to be there. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it is. I don't have high hopes, but I'm I'm at least I have a wild curiosity about how Gronk fits into a broadcast. So I they'll either put him in the booth for a small amount of time mm-hmm. for like have him up and QA, but I think what they'll do is because they have you seen their wild ass Thursday night halftime show? I mean it's I don't know. it's it's Strahan. It's Terry Bradshaw, oh, and it's yeah. Tony Gonzalez. They got them out and about, and they're out on the square, and it's usually cold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Bradshaw gets to wear hats, weird, uh, funky hats, and cover up his bald head. So last week they were just promoting that WE SmackDown is on Friday nights, and they had Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns didn't know that you have to put the microphone up by your mouth to talk in it. He kept trying to talk while he's holding a microphone down yeah. by his waist, and it was real weird. And then he gave them bobbleheads. Oh. And that was like the halftime show. That's great. And I was like, huh? What is bad. happening? Bradshaw's bad, too, by the way. I mean, he is wheels off bad. I think that's what they're looking for, though, is cartoon character type guys who were big names in the league. Because Strahan does that. Strahan's got broadcasting talent, but Strahan was a bit of a character in the league. And he comes on, and now he kind of runs the thing. Now he he's can got, do anything, dude. He really can. Strahan's talent. But they just want the charisma, and that's... There's Gronk for you. So yeah. I bet they run him out at halftime and like welcome him to the team and that type of thing. I was thinking about how often the Strahan and Terry, I guess it doesn't matter when you're rich, but like legitimately Sunday night, I mean Sunday all day, they're in LA. Strahan, his weekly job, Monday through Friday, is in New York. So I guess he's there Thursday night. So Bryce Bradshaw's flying all over the nation uh, all over the nation. Uh-huh. Uh, Sundays every Sunday and Thursday. It's like, I guess, Howie doesn't want to do that, and they work Tony Gonzalez in the mix. I mean, Jimmy goes home. Where's I haven't seen Jimmy in a while. He does the pregame show, and then he takes off. Uh, I thought like, that, yeah, they they reduced his role at his request. Yeah, no, so he wants to leave. Yeah. So he does the pregame show, and he'll be there for the halftime breakdown of the early games. But and the halftime breakdown, he's already on his fishing boat, yes. and he's just on it, holding his I, phone up. I think he's Heineken. still there at halftime because he usually goes, they need to run the ball. And then he, uh, no, 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 that's actually a clip that they just replay every week. Oh, it's the same one. So he doesn't, because he he does look the same as he's looked the last 20 years, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) He looks exactly the same. And then they work in Tony Gonzalez. Well, I'll be gone. I I would, I mean, I know Aikman doesn't want this, but I wouldn't mind if Gronk just went wandering into the booth in the second quarter. I mean, I I don't want him in the booth, man. You want him on the field, Saragusa style, I think. Wait, is Joe Buck calling the game or is it some, because Joe and Troy? Well, baseball's happening, right? Is Joe already? But Thursday night they're on Fox, so yeah. But what I'm saying is, I I don't know what the current baseball schedule is in terms of his Joe call. Joe takes over till the CS. Okay, till the championship series. Okay. What if uh, Gronk replaced Joe and did play by play with Troy this, <laughs> this week? God, that would be worth watching. Uh, ben, I know you share the same opinion as I do that tonight ESPN will be worth watching because the Dallas Mavericks will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder for a little. Uh, preseason basketball. Now, I'll share that opinion if you can tell me that Porzingis and Luca are playing. Okay, I originally thought they weren't going to play Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, the great Brad Townsend of Dallas Morning News tweeted out game notes that Ooh. listed those guys as probable starters. Oh. Now, again, that they're not going to reach out to Oklahoma City media, the uh, PR <laughs> department, and go, hey, here's our probable starters. Those guys are guessing based on all the discussions. So... I think it's a coin flip. I think Luca and Porzingis are going to play tonight or tomorrow, not both, obviously. Brea and Dwight Powell didn't even make the trip. But it's a chance to see them bomb threes. There's a pretty good article that Tim Cato wrote in The Athletic today. I retweeted it about 
the Mavericks have marked up their practice court with four-point shots, and it's to get guys accustomed to shooting from further out. And you've brought this up, Ben. Porzingis is going to be bombing from deep because you can't get to the shot. So if he hits 40% from deep because he's accustomed to shooting that all the time and he can effortlessly shoot it, they're going to be a very difficult team to defend. Very difficult team to defend. I cannot wait. This is, look, I'm excited about the Cowboys. Cowboys always have my interest. Uh, but the thing that's that I'm most excited about on the local sports scene is seeing Porzingis and Luca play together. Yep. And I would, I don't even care where it is, when it is, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be glued to the TV because I feel like people are just selling them short. Like, I feel like people don't understand how good Porzingis is and what an acquisition that is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the whole NBA is like, oh man, that's incredible that they got them, but it's not going to be that good for that long. I mean, it's going to, it's not good yet. It'll mm-hmm. be a while till it's that good, rather. And I didn't feel like free agents really looked hard at the Mavs because I felt like they were saying, no, it'll be good, but it'll take a year or two. But it, I think it should be ready now. Offensively, it's going to be incredible. I think they have a chance to be a top five or six offensive team in the league. So they shot a ton of threes last year, and they're going to shoot more this year. They're going to bomb, and they are significantly better three-point shooting team this year on paper than they were last year by the simple addition of Porzingis and Seth Curry. They got more shooters. They got better shooters. A real key is going to be what happens with Justin Jackson or Dorian Finney-Smith. If Dude, if Dorian could hit 35% of his threes, I would start him in a heartbeat. I think they're going to be more inclined to start Justin because he's a better three-point shooter. We'll see. Uh, but I'm also really curious tonight to watch DeLon Wright function within this team because they're putting a lot on him. They really want him to play well. They want him to be a big part of this. So tonight's your first chance to get a look at all that, and uh, hopefully you can watch it, and we'll get into it tomorrow. I was uh, I know we're two weeks away from the season beginning. We're 15 days away from the season beginning, but I, I saw a – kind of a layout of the strength of schedule. Yep. And I really do think getting off to a good start is very important. I think it's important for every team. Like, the Stars are 0-3. And, like, I'm immediately like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Um, so, like, the Mavs in October, and they combine October and November, have the 23rd easiest schedule in the league. So they need to clean house in October November. That's where they've stumbled the last um, couple seasons out the game. December, they have the third toughest schedule. January, they have the first toughest how, schedule in the league. How are they going to be defensively? Uh, I think they're going to struggle. Um, I don't think they have enough good. I, I well, I, I, I'll put it to you like this: I think that if they're adequate defensively, they'll be a, a borderline great team. I mean, I think it's a weakness. I think that's they, they are riding. They're putting so much on Delon Wright being able to shut down another team's best perimeter player. I'm telling you, there's a lot riding on that guy. So, like, when we were having this discussion, who's their third best player, to me it's really more about who's their third most important player. Because, you know, if, if you just go by who's going to go get you buckets, Tim Hardaway Jr. can go get you buckets, but I don't think anyone's looking for him to be the third best Maverick. You need Dwight Powell. You really, quite honestly, if this team is going to sh- really shine this year, they need DeLon Wright to be their third best player because of the things that he can do that they need. Is he significantly a better defender than Dorian Finney-Smith? Well, he's a different type of defender. He's much better at covering, you know, live ball handlers okay. on the perimeter, right? Dorian, I, I, what's the size difference between those? Probably two? three inches, two oh, okay. inches. Okay, so Dorian's, Dorian's a lot bigger than Dorian. Right. Dude, Rick's talking about playing Dorian at four and five. This I heard year. that, but he's like six seven, right? Or six, uh, eight? I think he's six eight, and he's okay. and he's he's long. He's yeah. a longish guy. 
and he gets up off the floor really quick. He's one of their better rebounders. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need rebounding and they need defense. So who's their second best uh, defender of guards besides I mean, they're, DeLon? Their two best defender of guards are DeLon and Dorian. Okay. Uh, I just think DeLon would be significant. Dorian's great at covering the Kevin Durant. T- I mean, nobody mm-hmm. covers Kevin Durant, but you know a wing score. Whereas a primary ball handler, that's DeLon's job. He's going to be have to be the guy to step up and do that. I don't think he's going to spend a lot of time on the main club, but you know who your future best defender is? Is Josh Reeves out of Penn State. Watch that guy. Yeah, I heard you talking about him. Dude, he's uh, I I think he's I think he's an NBA player for sure. Wow. I mean, I don't think he's a stud or anything, but he's got what it takes to be a badass defender. All right, wait, wait. I got to ask you about something. Yep. Okay, so Kevin Durant put this tweet out. It, he said, "Boo me every chance you get if that makes your experience better." Is this passive aggressive? Is this is he trying to use reverse Jedi mind tricks on people to where like, oh man, we can't boo him. It's not going to bother him when you know it bothers him so much. I think that's to me. I think that's his declarative statement of, "Hey guys, you can't hurt my feelings." But when someone says that, their feelings yeah. are hurt. Yeah. I mean, who even puts that out there if they care? That's like the guy who says, you guys didn't uh, bash the Cowboys yesterday, so I'm not going to listen. No, right. you're totally listening because you're telling me that you were listening. Right. I, I, you I just think listen, it's, and I love you for it. It's just a butthurt preemptive strike. Oh, yeah. You know? Hey, guys, I know you're about to insult me, but I'm going to tell you before you insult me that I am not bothered by insults. In fact... It only makes me stronger. Mm-hmm. Sticks and stones may break my mm-hmm. bones, hey. but words shall not hurt me. Back to the Baker Mayfield snubbing during the handshake. Yeah. Okay. Now more video is out, and you can see he's dapping up and shaking hands with several different 49ers. I saw that. Yeah. You can't see what's happening with him and Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. And some people think that it was Sherman who snubbed him. Mm-hmm. And there's other like. Uh, footage now circulating. It's been on the screen behind you, Skin, and I think maybe on this screen. And and uh, why is in that our guy studio. dressed like that? And uh, it is. There's now all these other That's angles, weird. and they're like showing. They're like it's Zapruder footage, you know, trying to get to the bottom of did Baker Mayfield snub Richard Sherman? Did you see that report earlier where Aaron Andrews said, "Who is snubbing you? Who snubbed you?" Yeah. Uh, anyways, I wouldn't be surprised uh, now that I've seen some different video footage here if it's kind of what dave hellman was saying where and he was guessing but hey maybe this is some psychological thing for richard sherman to psych himself up mm-hmm. and maybe maybe baker didn't snub him maybe baker was sitting there going dude what uh, what's going on here you know what this is an elaborate marketing ploy as part of the whole wwe thing that's happening on fox or fox yeah is it smackdown geared or up for smackdown i think you're Friday gonna have nights. sherman and baker in the ring at one point and we're all gonna reap the benefits of that all right, it's Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's go around the NFL. We have one quarterback who clearly ain't ready and some kicking disasters going on. We'll give you all the NFL uh, news next right here on The Fan. All right, it's Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us today. Uh, we're going to get into some of these problems with this Cowboys run defense coming up at noon. Jerry Jones cuts right after that, but... Fire up the NFL music shippy because we need to go around the league and throw it down to our intrepid NFL reporter, KT Fungronk. Always wild when there is uh, chaos in the division. Let's start with what's going on in Washington. They fired Jay Gruden yesterday. They are 0-5, and there's a lot going on with they chose Dwayne Haskins in the first round of the draft. 
it was my belief the whole time that Jay Gruden did not want to play Dwayne Haskins. And I thought that was a noble move by Jay Gruden because it showed that he cares about other people more than himself. Mm -hmm. Because I think he did not want to trash Dwayne Haskins. He did not want to make him look bad. He didn't want him. He didn't want to draft him. But he also didn't want to kill him by playing him too soon. Meanwhile, the Redskins' joke of a GM, Bruce Allen, and joke of an owner, Daniel Snyder, do want to play Daniel Haskins. Listen to this audio from the oddly titled ESPN show, Get Up, featuring our friend Diana Russini of ESPN. Listen to what she's saying about Dwayne Haskins. I just put it in there, Shippy. You might have to hit refresh. Hold on a second. Talking to the football side of the operation, Haskins is struggling IDing defenses, and he's really having a hard time also calling plays in the huddle. So in terms of him being ready at this point, I'm told he's not. In fact, one coach said to me, not only is he not ready right now, but it should be a year, maybe even two more years, before Dwayne Haskins can actually be a starter in Washington. Okay. What? Two years? Okay. <laughs> Wait, he's only he's a only he's a first round pick, right? So mm-hmm. five, he's got a five year deal. It's the taco plan. That's five year deal. <laughs> so three years of holding the clipboard? What? I mean that's not Tough. the that's not the Redskins plan, but that's what a coach said said. He's not gonna be ready that long. Now Here's the, the the knock on Haskins. The number one knock on Haskins I had is you know, there was only one season of tape on him at Ohio State. So, okay, so I'm going off a guy who's got 11 games or 12 games in Ohio State, a weird system. But I didn't hate him. I thought he made some good throws. Uh, but she says, the coach said he's having trouble identifying defenses. And number one thing, we talk about this a lot when it comes to quarterbacks and how fast they get acclimated to the league is having trouble commanding a huddle and calling the play because the verbiage is different. Mm-hmm. It's no longer look at the sideline, take a hand signal, or take a number and look at your uh, uh, your play call sheet on your wrist. It's now, you know, Z right, banana, 60, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's a long thing. If you don't have confidence in the huddle doing that, just you know, doing the verbiage of the plays, that's an issue. But that's a struggle for a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The plan for him should have always been to sit this year. Should have always been. I think everyone knew that. I think every team probably thought of him that way, besides the Redskins, who has a, who have a crappy GM and they've got an owner who meddles. So I think that's fascinating. And then they bring in Jay Gruden at five thirty yesterday morning, and they give him the axe. Well, Jay Gruden finally talked oh, yesterday. Good. Um, was he, this part of the Bob's Furniture Discount hot seat? It was. Yes, it absolutely was. Uh, he said in an article on ESPN, he said, I thought it might happen last week after the Giants game based on reports, and they never said you're not getting fired, so I assumed I was. He goes, I have a good staff here. Hopefully they can make it work in the last 11 games and stick around. It's a good group of people. He said that he's got mixed emotions about being fired. He said, at the end of the day, if you're not the GM, you have to accept the fact that you don't get everything you want. You accept the players given to you. He did not want Dwayne Haskins. I had input in oh. some areas, but there are some major issues there. It's that way with most coaches. You don't have t- total say. It's something you have to overcome. He also said uh, with uh, with Dwayne Haskins, he goes, if you haven't done it yet, there's still a lot on your plate. Until he gets comfortable, it's for his own good. If I didn't like him, I would have put him out there right now. I do like him. I think the world of him, uh, but time is really important for him. Dude, they're going to they're gonna kill the kid. They're Dwayne Haskins him. doesn't have a chance in the NFL – with with Washington and yeah. what they're going to do to him. And that's actually true of most players. They yeah. don't have a chance the second the Redskins draft him. Mm-hmm. That is about as dysfunctional an organ. If, when you have multiple decades of ineptitude, oh my God. That is, and because you can change coaches 
But if you're at, at the core of your organization, if you don't have it figured out and you're rotten and you're always making the calls, you're screwed. Can you can um, we should stop for a second and just rejoice that thank you, Shippy, that this didn't happen to the Cowboys? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people felt like it was going to happen. Oh my God, Jerry's going to meddle this thing into an iceberg. Mm-hmm. We're screwed because Jerry wants to win his way more than he wants to win. Not so much. In fact, hey, Jerry's in the Hall of Fame now. They got this new, uh, you know, two billion dollar stadium, three billion dollar practice facility. You know, and it's uh, and he's allowing Stephen and Will to do their thing, and mm-hmm. you know, you I, if this was headed down that path, it was like, oh, this is Al Davis, this is the Redskins, this is the you know, this. It was like that's what the where the Cowboys were heading. But yeah. to Jerry's credit, he was willing to step back. He's still in charge. Yeah, he still runs the show. But dude, we should rejoice in that fact because it felt like for a while it was heading there. Here's the difference to me, Ben, is that. What has Snyder ever done in the NFL that it was an example of experiencing success? So, like, whatever we want to say about Jerry, Jerry was there as a big part of things for three Super Bowls. Yeah. Now, we can sit here and talk about who did what and all that kind of stuff, but if you are in the room with greatness, you are, and you're halfway smart, you are absorbing that greatness and learning from that greatness. Now, he egos got in the way, and he wanted to blaze his own path, and he, by every account has the right to do so but he understands what excellence is because he was around excellence you know whatever you think about bill parcells bill parcells has been a part of excellence he is around all of these things so we're dance what has dan snyder had dan snyder has had nothing but one great year with uh, rg3 and shanahan was pretty damn great but that guy is that is that is the true definition of meddling without any base yeah. I mean, Jerry won a national championship in college. He was he. I mean, there he's been surrounded by great football men for a long time. This is not like some guy coming in from another industry going, "I know how to do things. I'm a billionaire. Watch this." I feel like sometimes cowboy fans though get stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. Like remember we had a guy who called in and he was ta- he wanted to rip Romo, and he calls into our show and he was ripping Romo, and we're like, "Well, didn't you see Romo last week?" He goes, "No, nah, I haven't watched the Cowboys all year." Right. We're like, wait, you're calling to talk sports to a sports talk station and you're not watching the games midway through the season? That guy was badass. What was that guy's name? And, but yeah, that I, was Will's point. That guy was awesome. But yeah. I feel like there are Cowboys fans who are still stuck in the mud on this Jerry thing, mm-hmm. right? And they still feel that. Yeah. That ain't the case anymore. No, well, until they get Until they get a Super Bowl, though, or, or really sustained playoff success, I'm, I understand. At least I understand where it's coming from. For sure. It's Dude. not exactly how I feel, but I understand where that... Passion and 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 uh, venom is coming from. It is inexcusable that in parity league you haven't been to a conference title game in over two decades. Yeah, that's inexcusable. Yeah, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, so another uh, angle of the same topic though that we're on. So good job, Shippy. In this article, Sean McVay was quoted. Now Sean McVay worked with Jay Gruden in the UFL in '09 but also was on the Redskins staff from 14 to 16. Is the UFL the league that plays at the Rangers Stadium? Doesn't matter. Okay. But no. Uh, Pitchers tear their U- UFL all the time. My wow. point is, do you think the Redskins are going, damn it, we had Sean McVay on our – we had him on our staff, and look at him now. He's the golden boy. No, I, think Dan, us. I don't think Dan Snyder really considers any of his previous actions. McVay said, when I was his coordinator in Washington – he kind of groomed me and brought me along to where you kind of learned some of the things about how you're setting up a game plan. 
He protected me from a lot of things. Jay Gruden's a good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. He does run the ball way too much, but he doesn't have a quarterback. So, and hasn't for a while. And they were supposed to have Alex Smith be their starter quarterback. And their left tackle ain't playing because he's mad at the medical staff. Uh, and Jay Gruden listed off a lot of these, what some would call excuses. I would call legitimate reasons, reasons yeah. for failure. Yeah. Um, but uh, McVay was asked if he would consider adding Jay Gruden to his staff. And he goes, he goes well, we'll discuss it. <laughs> he goes, I had a lot of nice things to say until you put that in front of me. <laughs> right now, I'm just texting, reaching out to a buddy, see if he's doing all right after all right. getting fired. Speaking of getting fired, Cairo Santos is the kicker for the Titans. Who? Cairo Santos. Okay. Ever heard of Cairo? He used to be a kicker for the Chiefs. He was a yeah. city in Egypt, wasn't he? Had a tough go of it on Sunday, guys, and the Titans lose by seven to Buffalo. He missed a 50-yarder. He missed a 36-yarder. A 33-yarder was blocked, and he missed a 53-yarder. He missed four field goals. Tough day. Vrabel after the game, much like Garrett said yesterday about Maher, hey, I've got confidence in him. Yeah. All right. Soaring right now. Well, they went ahead and made the cut. He's gone. Santos gone. And who do they pick up? They pick up the golfing Jupiter, Florida resident, Cody Parkey. Yes. Yeah. Also known from Woo. his time as the double doink king. Cody that's Parkey. That's not a doink. That's a dong. No, it's a dong. <laughs> oh. One day. Maybe one day soon. Maybe I soon. doubt it. Um, like tomorrow. So that's happening. So, we've got a situation right there where the Titans are in such kicking despair. They got rid of their guy, took on the guy no one wanted because of his pressure kicked, uh, his pressure miss mm-hmm. and the double doink. Cairo Santos now uh, on the streets. Let's bring Santos in here and give him a look. I th- any kicker that's being cut, I think I want to bring him in here and get a look. Why not? I also saw in the XFL pool of players, one of the kickers was Robert Aguayo, this former second-round pick of the Bucks. He's out of the wow. league completely. Who got the yips. Yeah. Okay, this, I really wanted Young Ho Koo. This, yeah. is, this is frustrating because the Maher stuff, as Jerry called him that other boy. Mayor Witch. Um, it, this is nothing new. We knew exactly what he was. We knew what he was at camp. Yeah. So if this one bites us in the butt, you can't really say it did in this last game because they were they no. got down thirty one to three or whatever. But if it if it costs them the season or a playoff shot, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be their own fault. How could they pretend well, that oh it'll work out? We watched him kick at camp and he was terrible. No, but the, here's what I would say though about this though, Ben. There's just not that many great kickers because no. they brought kickers in and those guys suck too. You know they they did they. I mean, here's what happened. What happened was they got caught flat-footed on Dan Bailey. We all just assumed Dan Bailey was going to be Vinatieri and be great forever. And then Dan Bailey got hurt, and he never recovered. And suddenly, a problem that they hadn't had for four or five years went away. And now the problem came back. And so, I don't think they were going into into last year going, this Maher guy is incredible. I can't wait to replace Dan Bailey with him. I think they were worried... And Maher was left standing there. And yeah. so it's just, it's such a luxury to have a kicker and go, remember when the Cowboys brought in Vanderjack? Yeah. That guy had hit the wall. And so the Colts moved on from him. But Vanderjack, we're like, oh, sure thing. Once you lose it, dude, you lose it. And it is really hard. It's a, it's a beautiful thing in the NFL to have a kicker that you can count on for an extended period of time because a lot of teams are going, oh, crap, it's down to this guy again. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys, I mean, it's, it, Mars just four of seven. Um, so, like, it's not like, you know, maybe he drains everyone for the rest of the year, and then if he misses three on the year, you're going, wow, we had a good kicker. 
problem is he missed like eight field goals last year. Yeah. And the percentage was in the bottom half of the league. Right. And I need more out of that. And I, and I understand. Guys making very little, very cheap. I totally get that. Um, and there's a lot of teams who are asking questions. The Patriots have been relying on Goskowski for years, and they're like, okay, well, he's hurt. But, you know, the, like I told you about the, the 49ers who missed three last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they paid that dude a lot of money. They almost franchise tagged the guy. Are you serious? Yeah, they considered franchise tagging Robbie Gold. Um, it's actually, if you don't have other guys you think that you're going to franchise tag, it's not that bad of an idea because the salary for kickers is so low, right? Yeah, it's not that bad of an idea. They locked him in long term because he's an old guy. In fact, they actually they actually put the tag on him and then gave him a contract. So they put they ended up getting the deal, but they tagged him first. Boys, so. something quick here, uh, you guys, before we move on. I mm-hmm. uh, want to get into some stuff Broadus was talking about at DallasCowboys.com. The Apple store down the street where I usually go, Yes. If I need oh. Apple things, it's at Knox and 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's shut down today. Whoa. Because there was a robbery uh, attempt early this morning, and a guy allegedly was trying to um, rob it, and he was shot and killed by a security guard. He former was killed? DPD. Killed. What's that? He was former DPD, the guy that shot him and killed him. Oh, he was? Yeah, okay. So there was like a back door left open or something like that, and so they, he went in through there. Wow. And I guess that's when the security guard saw him. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, that- so the lesson is don't rob. <laughs> yeah. And he was wearing body armor and had a rifle. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And it's but he but he did he know that door was going to be left open? I'm not sure. Uh, it probably he probably wouldn't assume that that was going to be open, or maybe if he worked there, or something or knew somebody who worked there that had him leave it open for him. I don't know, but yeah, he was definitely wearing body armor and had a rifle. Wow. I feel like Shippy's probably going to be questioning this thing. It's all brand new, and yeah. he knows a lot of details. You actually I just know- read an article on Facebook. Okay, very nice. Uh, thank you for that, Shippy. So mm-hmm. beware. Uh, stay, away from, guy. stay away from that. Follow the fan on Facebook. <laughs> stay away from that uh, Apple store today. All right, coming up next. Go do my 1080 hit real quick. Broadus breaks down where <laughs> the Cowboys' <laughs> run defense failed. That's next on 105.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.